we get um, started this morning, I'd like just to start off and say Happy Thanksgiving to you. I don't know where you will be uh, this week. I'm pretty sure we will probably all overeat, uh, and we'll probably all eye the desserts first, and then we'll decide how much exercise we're going to do afterwards to get rid of what we've just done for Thanksgiving. But I pray that you have a great day uh, this week, and just give you some opportunity, some downtime. A lot of us will get Thursday off, and so maybe just enjoy that. And I uh, just want to say Happy Thanksgiving. But as we um, enter into this time of the year, I was just thinking about, you know, what can we share with our church family? And I was thinking about it. A thankful heart is something that has to be cultivated. So as we enter into this time this morning, I'm going to be praying for you as I've been thinking about you this week. A couple different things. The first thing, I believe a thankful heart takes time. We're going to go through some passages of Scripture this morning that I think will just Draw your heart to that opportunity. I also believe a thankful heart learns to trust God's plan. As Reggie has already prayed, we've all came for different reasons this morning. We've all come with different baggage this morning. And we've all come from different, you know, hiccups or hurts or hang-ups or just different stuff. And part of that stuff is God-ordained stuff. And so part of learning to be thankful is saying, okay, Lord, am I going to trust you this morning? Wherever I've come with or what I'm going to enter into, a thankful heart learns to trust God's plan. The last thing you'll see this morning is a thankful heart will be a choice. What you do with your life and your words is really your choice. And so this morning as we gathered around the Word of God, I want to start with a thankful heart takes time. And I realized this morning before we open up a passage of Scripture, I realized as I was thinking about time, I was really thinking, too, that a thankful heart takes time and considers its inputs. I realize that some of you have spent time uh, around the TV this week. I'm not sure too many people read books anymore with Amazon and Kindles and all that stuff. I'm, me, personally, I still like to have paper in my hands. It's kind of weird to, you know, scroll up and scroll down. And so, But I realized this morning that you uh, had some time to input different books, or maybe it was radio, or maybe it was internet, or maybe it was friends and family. I don't know what your inputs were um, this week. Uh, Not saying all of them were bad, not saying all of them were good, but I think it's interesting this morning, if we want our hearts to be thankful, we need to guard our inputs. We need to spend some time not just listening and reading and, and different things. I want you to think about this as far as your input. I want you to go to, to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. And I do recognize that as we gather this morning that most of us know be strong and courageous, and I'm I, uh, aware of that. But I want you to think about the Word of God this week or this morning um, as an input. How much of us, how much of our time this week as we said, okay, Lord, I want to sit down with the Word of God, interact with it, but then are we going to spend that time saying, okay, Lord, I've sat down and i thought about it, but now I want to work at meditating on it. I want to work at allowing the Word of God to become part of who I am. Because I think a thankful heart has to deal with the input, and I think one of our inputs has to be a priority, is the Word of God. And so as you gather this morning, we go to Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9, and we all say, oh, you know, be strong and courageous, which is true. That is a great passage of Scripture. But I don't believe Joshua's strength and courage came from Joshua. I think Joshua's strength and courage came from 
him meditating on the truth of God's Word. See, there was a transition that was going to take place. You know, well, Moses is off the scene. He's going to, he passes away. There's going to be a new leader. And I'm sure there's times that where the new leader said, hey, let's just give him a pep talk. Hey, Joshua, you're our leader. Go for it. We'll follow you. But there needed to take place something in Joshua's life. There needed something to happen with Joshua. Joshua chapter 1 and verse 9. Be strong and courageous because you will lead the people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my, my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Notice success came from not going to the right or to the left. Notice success came from meditating. It's nothing to do about what Joshua is going to accomplish. And Joshua is going to be an, accomplish some amazing things. But if Joshua doesn't get this right in the beginning, he's not going to be the leader that God has called him to be. Do not let this book depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night, so that you will be careful to do everything written in it. When was the last time you opened up a passage of Scripture in the morning and you were still thinking about it in the evening? Allowing that stuff to sit inside of your soul and say, okay, Lord, I want to meditate on your word. I want to allow it not just so I know it intellectually. Lord, I want to allow that to affect who I am as a person. I'm going to allow it to have input in my life because then he's going to say, have I not commanded you? Be strong and very courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. As I think about Joshua in in these three things, I kind of think about it from this perspective. These three little phrases. Courage because God will provide the land. Hey Joshua, be strong and courageous. I'm I'm going to take care of this for you. Everywhere you go, I will provide. Next thing, Joshua, be courageous to develop inward character. I realize that most of us, we always look at a younger generation. That person needs to develop character. But when if we as individuals say, okay, Lord, I'm here this morning around your word and I want to develop the inside part of me. I want to grow as a person inwardly so that my heart then leads towards thanksgiving. That my words are different. My actions are different because I'm taking courage in developing my inward character. Here's another great one. Courage because God's presence is with you. Hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous. Not because of your strength. Not because of your military mind. Not because of your military people. Hey, Joshua, be strong and courageous because I will be with you. I don't know if you've thought about this, and for whatever reason, it's been more and more on my heart uh, these last few weeks than it has been in present. But I remember, you've heard me tell the story without, when I was in the Whirly Birds, I said yes to Jesus. They said, I recognize that I'm a sinner. Paul Patton told me I was going to hell. I would have done whatever Paul Patton said to me. I'm not going to hell, so do this. Okay, fine. Trust Jesus. I trust Jesus. The day that I trusted Jesus, guess what happened? God never left me. He's never left my son. And no matter where I go, from now until I take my last breath, He will always be walking alongside of me. He's always with me. 
Sometime, as you think about inputting into your life and you come back to the book of Joshua, remind yourself that God is with you. If you've said yes to Jesus, if you ask for forgiveness, he will always be with you no matter where you go. The other part I want you to think about is input. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1 with me. Just think about how I want to input into my life so that I can cultivate a heart of thankfulness. Colossians chapter 1. Great chunk of scripture. I love it. Over my Bible I have written the supremacy of Christ. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. You read these words. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible, invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning of the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all the fullness dwell in Him, in Christ, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through His blood shed on the cross. Pause for a second and remind yourself this morning the supremacy of Christ. Remind yourself this morning that He is the Creator. He knows your name. He gave you your gifts and abilities. He gave you your weaknesses too. So that you would say, okay, Father, I need help today. Remind yourself this morning that he is the head of the church. He's in charge. Yesterday I was listening um, to one of the studies that the the Sunday school class is studying, the Andy Stanley study on go fish. And I was just listening to one of those uh, discussions, listening to Andy share um, the passage of Scripture about Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And as Andy was saying, just listening to him talk, he said, you know, who was standing there? It was not the who's who of leadership. It was fishermen. It was a tax collector. And he wanted those individuals to know that on him, the rock, Christ, he's going to build a church, and the gates of hell is not going to stop I don't know about you, but there's no, there's no person that will ever stop the church. There's people getting saved around the world. And it will continue on because that's God's plan. It's not about a, a person or individual or leadership. God's in charge. So this morning, and just pause and remind yourself sometimes how you're excited about church and sometimes how you're discouraged about church, saying God's in charge of all of it. God, you're in charge of the church. Everything is really, I love about this chunk of Scripture God is responsible for reconciliation. And there's something I want you to stop and do this morning. I want you to pause and remind yourself that he chose to reconcile you to himself if you said yes to him. May you never, ever, ever get over the fact that he was willing to die for you. May you never, ever get over the fact when the soldiers walked up front and his beard had grown and they grabbed the fistful of hair and they ripped it out. He allowed them to do that for you. Because he wanted to unite you with the creator of the world. And the only way that was going to take place is for him to make a choice to die for you. He wanted you to be reconciled to him. 
He wanted a, a ministry of, of reconciliation. And so as busy as you're going to get, and if you really want your heart to be thankful, you should never, ever get over that fact that God chose me. He sent his son to die on the cross. Jesus died for the world, true. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know what's even more than that? God sent his son to die for you. If it had only been you, Jesus would have said yes to the cross. He chose you. So this morning, as you think about a thankful heart, I think you need to ponder your inputs. Allow the word of God to say, okay, Lord, I am thankful because Christ is supreme. I can be thankful because Christ has reconciled me to himself. I can be thankful because Christ is in part of who I am. I can be thankful because you are with me, as Joshua reminded us in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. Another thing that I want you to see, and since you're in the book of Colossians, go to Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse um, 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which we are in, I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. I think it's important for us to be devote ourselves to prayer and to be watchful. But I think if you want to go back, just look at Colossians um, chapter 3. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Verse 1, set your hearts on things above. That's a choice. If you want your life or your heart to be thankful, then you need to go back and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to devote myself. I'm going to set my mind on things above. Lord, I'm going to demonstrate actions. If you want to read it from a different perspective, I was looking at the New American Standard Version. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. God, here I am. I'm going to devote myself to you. I'm going to devote myself to prayer. I'm going to devote myself to being watchful. I'm going to devote myself to be thankful. And here's something that's really cool in this passage of Scripture. Look what Paul does. He asked those individuals to pray for him. And look what he asked for. He asked for, pray for us, that God may open a door, that our message, for our message, so that we may proclaim what? The mystery of Christ. God opened the door. We want to talk about Jesus. And what's really interesting is, as you think about, Lord, I want, to open the, I want you to open the door so I can proclaim Christ the mystery for which I'm in chains. Don't read too fast through there. Of all the people that could have said, pause, time out, God, I'm not thankful because I'm in prison because of you. I'm in chains because of you. And Paul says, wait a minute, hold on. Pray that you, we're praying for you to devote yourself. God, you, we're pray for us so that we can have a ministry of Christ. That's why I'm in change. And not only that I have a ministry for Christ and why I'm in change, pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Truly a grateful heart. In the midst of his circumstance. It's not about Paul here. It's not about his chains. It's about, okay, Lord, I want the opportunity to have a ministry for Christ. This will not take place unless you, this is part of who you are. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Last thing that I want to share with you about input, and I'm thinking about your time, 
A thankful heart takes time. I want you to ponder these words for yourself, not only this morning, but this afternoon. Paul's words to the church at Corinth. For now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preach to you, which you receive and which you take your stand. By this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you believe in vain. For what I received, I pass on to you as first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture. Pause to think about that. Christ died for your sins according to the Scripture. That's first importance. For the church of Corinth. That was Paul's message. So this morning, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scripture, that he appeared to Peter and then to the twelve, and after that he appeared to more than five hundred brethren at the same time, most of them whom are still living, but those some have fallen asleep. He died for you this morning. your heart grateful? I know you're going to have turkey and stuffing and you know pumpkin pie and salad and rolls and and those are not bad things to have. But are we more thankful about turkey than we are our salvation? Are we more thankful about our stuffing, pumpkin pie than what Jesus did on the cross for you? It's really easy to live a life that's really pretty busy, and I think it's important for us to pause. We want our heart to be thankful and reflect. The passage of the scripture that I'm reminded of is Psalm chapter 46. So take your Bible and go to Psalm 46, verse 10. Psalm 46, verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I think it's really important for us to remind ourselves of the demonstrations of God's power in your life. I think it's huge for you to pause you really want your heart to be thankful and say, okay, God, where have I seen your hands work? God, what have I seen you do in my world? Where have I seen the demonstrations of your power? Just pause and think about it. Just allow your heart to be still and say, okay, God, where have I seen you? Where have you shown up that nobody else could explain it other than you? Lots of different stories that I could share with you. I shared one uh, first hour about us going to Mexico. I'll show you. I'll share another one. It's a little bit different than when we went. To, we were in Mexico. But my dad um, was one of those guys that always wanted to be involved everywhere we went. It was kind of fun for a while. It was kind of annoying after a while too. But we decided our, our youth pastor decided that he wanted us all to go. Um, on a missions trip, and we all sang in the choir. And my dad, we had this old brown school bus, no air conditioning, this big old rack on the top of it. We packed all of our luggage in there. And my dad said, hey, I'll be more than happy to drive the bus. So we drove down to Mexico. We did all the stuff that we were doing in Mexico, some incredible stories there. But I won't tell you all those. 
Um, but I was riding with my dad on the, on the way back. You know, it's kind of late. We're all kind of tired. So I just decided to go sit up front with my dad. And, and we were just talking. And, and I'm sitting on the floor, you know, just watching. And eventually I fall asleep. And we, we don't know. I mean, it's kind of, you kind of have an idea where you're going. But we're, we didn't know how far kilometers were compared to miles. We didn't know how much fuel we had compared to this and that. So finally, I, I eventually I just fall asleep. And so I wake up and I go back up and start talking to my dad. Said, uh, did you see the semi? Like, what are you talking about, Dad? Well, every vehicle in Mexico had these huge bumpers out front of their other bumper because cattle walk freely. He said, "Did you see them? Did you see the semi?" Like, Dad, I didn't see the semi. He said, "Well, it led us all the way out." And as soon as we got to American border, the semi just disappeared. Like God told me to follow this semi, and that's just what I did. While you were all sleeping, I just followed the semi, and that's why we're in America now. I'm like, okay. And I could talk to you for hours of what God has done—just neat things, okay? But those things, when I pause and think about it, and I realize you're all busy, but when you pause and think about it, it warms your heart towards God. Say, okay, God, I want to be thankful for what you've done for me. It's neat to go back and look at Old Testament stuff. You know, you could go back and look at, you know, Exodus chapter 15. I'm not saying you shouldn't do it. That's kind of fun. But it's more personal when you pause your world and say, okay, I want to stop and say, okay, I want to be still and know that he's God. What has he done for you? Where has he demonstrated his power for you? Last thing that I want, or next thing I want you to see is a thankful heart learns to trust God's plan. I realize that we're living in a society that everybody wants to read Jeremiah 29, 11. God, my, God has a plan for me to prosper me. Everybody wants to read John chapter 10. Verse 10, I want to have life and I want to have it more abundantly. But also I need to remind you of an individual in World War II. Her name was Corey Tim Boone. And her family made a, had a passion and a plea to protect Jewish people. In February 24th of 1944, Corey Tim Boone's family was betrayed by a security officer And the Nazis raided their home, and that day 30 people were arrested. Her father, and her, and her sister. The brother was away, the nephew was away. They were taken to a prison camp. They were at a prison camp for a period of time, and then they transported them to the worst prison possible. You know what's interesting about Corey Timboon? These words, many women became Christians in that terrible place because Betsy and Corey's witness to them. Betsy died at 59, but Corey miraculously lived. In prison, somewhere she came to realize, okay, God, these are my circumstances. I'm going to trust your plan. Another one, and we'll switch over to the screen. Most of you know Johnny Erickson. And friends, it's, a, uh, it's just a slide I put up. But Nancy's going to take over the screen. What I find interesting about thinking about, my, thinking my way through, a thankful heart learns to trust God's plan. I thought about her. I thought about, God, how many lives have been a- impacted because she decided one day, she said, I think it's just be really kind of fun to go swimming. Never really paused to think about the depth of the water. Just dove into the water and she broke her neck, and she was paralyzed from her neck down. 
I don't know when in her life, okay? I can't give you the date. She was 25, 27, 42. I can't give you the date. Somewhere, God grabbed her heart. She said, okay, God, I'm going to trust your plan. And what's interesting is, is if you spend some time just looking through her website, these are just some of the ministries that take place now because of her life. She said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. So people are going to get wheelchairs. God, I'm going to trust you for United States families. There's going to be retreats for, for families with disabilities. There will be international retreats. And it goes on and on and on. Somewhere she said, okay, God, I know what Scripture says, and it's easy for me to, to grab onto the verse where, Lord, just make life all about me. Let me be abundant and blessing and all this stuff. But God, for whatever reason, you chose to allow my neck to be broken. For whatever reason, God, you made that water, that depth for me that day. For whatever reason, God, you put that rock there. You knew that. You formed that rock there. And you knew the day that I was going to dive into it. I could have jumped a lot of different places, but God, you want me to jump here. I jumped there. And now these ministries take place because of that. And what I want to share with you is another verse, the 2 Timothy chapter 2. So take your Bible and go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and you read these words. So, oh Lord, if I'm going to trust the plan, then there's going, to have to be a, there's going to have to be a thought process in that. So, Lord, I'm going to trust your plan, verse, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3. Endure hardships with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a good, good soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. You want to please your commanding officer? Are we saying to him this morning, I say, okay, Lord, I want my heart to be thankful, but if my heart is really going to be thankful, Lord, you're going to have to help me endure hardship. You're going to have to help me not get involved in civilian affairs. The last thing that I want to say to you this morning is a thankful heart will be a choice. Take your Bible and go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Look at verse 3. Verse 2. I know you know these words, but just think about it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers. Does your Bible say if there? No, my Bible says consider it pure joy whenever you face... Does any of your Bibles have just trial, or does all your Bibles have an S behind it? Think about it. Trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith, so the trials are there to do what? Test your faith. Are you going to trust them? Are you going to follow them? Those trials develop perseverance. Those trials develop endurance. Okay, God, I'm, I, I'm starting to understand. Here's my life, and you're going to send trials of various kinds. You're not going to be able to explain them. But will you say, okay, Lord, I want to stay involved. I want to be involved in endurance. I want to be involved in perseverance. If you say that, guess what happens? Keep on reading. 
Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be what? Circle that word. What does your Bible say? What does it say? Mature. So if you don't endure and you get aggravated at God and say, okay, God, I don't appreciate that, then what happens? Spiritual immaturity. So God, are you willing, are you saying to him this morning, are you willing to be perseverant? No matter how long it takes. I mean, obviously, if you're going to be the snail, it's going to take a little while to reach the ark. Uh, by perseverance, the snail reached the ark, Charles Spurgeon. Perseverance, will you lead spiritual maturity? Will you say to your Heavenly Father this morning, okay, I'm in for the long haul. As James chapter 1, 1 through 4 says this, Maturity is not measured by age. It's an attitude built by experience. Maturity is not measured by an age. It's measured by an attitude that is built by experience. You're going to have to be involved in a lot of different experiences. But will you be maturity at the end of your experience? Will you say to your Heavenly Father, okay, today I make the choice. Three things. I believe that some of you are sitting in this room, you just need to pause this morning and say, okay, I need to say thank you to Jesus. Some of you sitting in this room, as the second point says, the heart learns to be, or to trust God's plan. I think some of you sitting in this room this morning need to say, okay, Lord, I surrender my plan. I just surrender. I give up. It's not about me anymore. I'm willing to say yes to your plan. Because if you haven't checked, another Bible verse is Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Chapter 11, heroes of the faith. Chapter 12, the race marked out for you. It's marked out for you. And I believe there's others in this room that need to pause this morning and say, okay, Lord, I'm going to choose to be thankful. I'm just going to make a choice. So I don't know where you are this morning. I don't need to know. But what we're going to do this morning is I'm going to close in prayer. We're just going to give you an opportunity. The altar will be available. There won't be anybody down here. We're not here to, to answer all your questions. We're just saying, I just think this morning as Nancy plays music and as we end our time, what, I, what you need to do, what we're asking you to do. If you don't want to come down and pray, that's fine. Would you just please leave quiet? If you'd like to sit in your seat, that's fine too. But this morning, I think there's an opportunity that the Holy Spirit's doing in our lives to say, okay, Lord, I need to be thankful. I think the hard one, though, is to say, okay, Holy Spirit, I surrender. Whatever the circumstances you have or whatever is going on in your world, God ordained this. God ordained an opportunity to teach your heart to be thankful. And he's going to use circumstances to Will you say, okay, Lord, I see it. The circumstances you're bringing into my life, you develop perseverance. You want to develop faith in my life. I surrender. I give up. Or maybe you just need to say, you know what, Lord? I've known you for a long time, but I've just kind of been that grumpy old person. I sit in church. I sit soaked and sour, and I'm just not thankful. And so this morning, I want to say thank you. I want to choose thankful. Let's pray.
So Holy Spirit, you brought the people here that you wanted here today. And you've kind of put this thought process together in my mind. So I pause to say thank you. I thank you for the opportunity for me just to think through Scripture this week. And not just think through the fun passages. So I pray, Father, as you gathered us this morning, you gave us a message. Now, Holy Spirit, would you change us? Really what's in question now is will you allow the Word of God to affect your life? Or will it just be head knowledge as you leave? Will you give the the Holy Spirit permission to say, mold me and shake me? So Father, as we gather to end our service together, you know who will be down front and you know who will walk away from the opportunity for life change. But it all belongs to you. So I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would speak loudly enough and strongly enough and forcefully enough so that we would surrender. That we wouldn't, wouldn't matter to us who sees us down front. So Lord, we just give you this opportunity to work in our lives. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for truth. Now make truth come out of our lives. So as Nancy plays the music, I just say to you, the altar is open if you choose to come and pray. That's fine. If you choose not to, please would you exit just the building quietly this morning.